0: Today we begin the fourth installment on the work of disciples. As you remember, the first one was prayer. All of us should be praying daily, not just for family members, but for our world, for our leaders. And please pray for your pastor because I need all the prayers I can get. And then to be present with people, not just in the sanctuary, but wherever we are, giving them our attention and making them feel special that you are a space where they can have sanctuary and confidence in. And last week we talked about witness, witness as your life, not just uh, spouting words and telling people uh, about encounters with Jesus, but your life is a testimony of the God you serve. And today we will look at service, putting all those things together to serve the Lord. Let us pray. Spirit of living God, fall fresh now on this preacher and on these, your servants bought with the precious blood of a savior. Amen. Have you ever been in a space where the people in that space were certainly more knowledgeable (laughs) had more education in the subject than you have you ever been in a space where you felt like why am I here I don't even understand what they're talking about but I'm here anyway happened to me a few years ago a bishop decided that it was For me to serve on the General Council of Finance and Administration. So for two years, I went to Nashville and met with the General Council on Finance and Administration. Now, if you know me, you know that uh, numbers and figures and stuff like that is not my thing. It's why I married an accountant. I care so little about money. If you saw me, if I had any, it would be balled up in my pocket because it's not something I care about. Every church I save, I'm so glad to have people who look after the money because if you gave it to me, I'd spend it all. And so I found myself in this room full of lawyers and accountants and bankers and stockbrokers as we were trying to decide, they were trying to decide what was the best formula for apportionments for local churches. Uh, We were at the time arguing whether or not local churches should be on a tithe based system rather than an apportion based system that we're on right now that each church would give as God has given to them 10%. We debated this thing for two years. Can you imagine Every time I went to Nashville, I kept saying, why, God? If this is, if this is Hades, I understand it. And finally, one day, I, uh, I asked the bishop that sent me there, Bishop, you know, why me? <laughs> you, you, you know, I don't really care for numbers. They didn't need another black person. They had several of black people professionals in that room. So it wasn't an equalization thing. He said, I didn't sing you there because your knowledge of numbers. I sent you there for your knowledge of people. Because every mathematical equation, every flow chart, every rhythmic an algorithm represented people in our local churches who were trying their best to give to God the service ministries in their communities. I was there to remind people that these are just not numbers. These are saints' lives who have dedicated themselves to the mission of God in the world. And every single flowchart represents a local church and a person who gives in the offering plate so that the mission of Christ can be accomplished around the world. They are not just figures. They are people who are called by God. You know, I found that I was in good company of feeling unworthy to serve God in that capacity in the kingdom. You remember the prophet Jeremiah felt like he was insignificant when God called him to be a prophet at a young age. You remember Isaiah felt unclean and unworthy to stand as an ambassador for God. They felt that others were a whole lot more qualified than they were in order to fulfill what God wanted them to do. But yet, despite their reservations, God chose these ordinary people to achieve extraordinary work in the kingdom. Ordinary people like Moses who, who couldn't feel comfortable talking before people. Something he had a stutter. Ordinary people like Isaac, who was an honest man and a good man, but, but didn't really have any standout talents to, to boast about. Ordinary. People like the 12 disciples, none of them rich, just hard working fishermen, not famous. They hadn't studied in the, the, the synagogue or anywhere, just common ordinary people like John the Baptist. Was well, as ordinary as you can get, right? Living out in the wilderness, surviving on locusts and wild honey. He heralded in the coming. Of Jesus he was an ordinary person who led an extraordinary life you remember the little boy who showed up at the meeting out in the field with two fish and some bread Jesus was able to use those fish and that bread to feed 5,000 people when we bring what we have God can use ordinary human beings like you and I to achieve extraordinary things in the world. And my brothers and sisters, how far could a local congregation or a conference or a district go without churches that reach out in their communities with legions of ordinary people who go to work every day and by the way they treat people says everything about the God they serve. We don't need a formal education. We don't need to have financial resources. We don't need to have contacts and pools in high places. We just need to be able to be used by God wherever we are. And as Christians, we know that each and every one of us is precious in the sight of the Lord. We are important and necessary for the kingdom building process. The commission was given to every single believer who considered themselves followers of the Christ but feel like, I can't be used, I'm I'm too old, I'm I'm too young, I've I've done this too long. God wants to use an army of ordinary people, ordinary believers to change the world in extraordinary ways to serve God. It's to serve others and that my friend is the greatest form of charity, the pure love of Christ. Jesus said, a new commandment I give you that you shall love one another. And then in another space, the sons of Zebedee came to him and said, we want to be great in your kingdom in Mark chapter 10. We want to sit one at the right and one at the left when you come into your glory. They wanted to be important figures in the new kingdom that they thought Jesus came to set up. And at that moment, Jesus gave a new definition of what it means to be significant, what it means to be great. He said, the greatest among you will serve the greatest. And this morning, what I like about it is every one of us, no matter how young, no matter how old, disabilities or not, every one of us can be great because every one of us can serve there's not one person in this room that cannot serve God in some capacity no matter your age level no matter your physical condition consider this young woman let's call her pastor K pastor K was in a tragic car accident and it left her a paraplegic. She had been ministering for a while. And she began to have a lot of issues because of being a paraplegic. She was beginning to have breathing issues and, and felt like she needed to take time away from ministries. Now, she chose to come to Springfield Grace where I was the pastor at that time, to worship. And Springfield Grace is like most African American churches in cities all around the country. The African American churches are usually on a certain part of town. Usually, where in history, that's where most blacks were and their houses of worship are still there. Most of them don't live in the neighborhood anymore because they have been affluent and able to live wherever they want but their churches are still there and they drive in every single Sunday to worship and by one o'clock all of that witness is going back out to the west side of town because they don't live there anymore. A lot of kids on the east side of Springfield and Springfield Grace for years have tried to reach out to those young people because a lot of crime happens over there. And this young woman, Pastor K, who was a young white woman in a wheelchair, after being in worship a couple of months, said, you know, I feel a calling to try to reach out to the children in this neighborhood. And I said, Pastor, uh, be very careful and she didn't pay me no attention she just went right along wheeling herself not a motorized wheelchair but wheeling herself throughout the neighborhood she became like the Pied Piper of kids wherever she went children seemed to want to follow her want to be around her long story short after she had been there a year We baptized 34 young people who gave their lives to Christ because of this young woman who came where they were and lifted them up and made them feel like you can be somebody. It doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter how you started in life. You can be somebody. If God can use me, God definitely can use you. That was over 15 years ago. I keep track of those young people now, and many of them have gone farther than anybody would have gave them credit for. Consider the young lady at Cumla Methodist Church. When I first came to Springfield, the homeless were on strike in 2002. They occupied the library, and they were going to stay there, and nobody was going to put them out. It was cold and no, the mayor was not gonna order, at the time Mayor Davlin was not gonna order the police to go in there and drag those people out in the cold. It wouldn't have been politically correct. Nobody went to meet with these people to find out what it is they really wanted. And this lady at Springfield Cumler, at the time only had 35 members, And I was the youngest male in the congregation at that time. She went and met with the homeless people and came back to our council and said, You know what they want? They want places to store their stuff during the daytime because they can't stay in the shelters in the daytime. You know what they want? They want places to receive mail. Many of them couldn't get social security. Many of them are disabled veterans. They could get money if they had a mailbox. Many of them don't have a place where they could even receive a check or a bank account or nobody to help them manage the money. That woman organized Homeless United for Change and convinced the city of Springfield to open lockers, to provide spaces for these people to come and put their things, to come with post office boxes. And by the way, she came back to Kumla United Methodist Church and said, we need to do something. And if you're in Springfield on any given Tuesday, drive by Kumla Methodist Church at Fifth and Carpenter. You will see upward of a hundred people waiting to get inside for the fellowship that's there for them, for the space that has been created to make everyone feel like they're somebody because everybody are God's children. Last week, I told you the story of my father at his weekend. Side job, cutting down trees for the paper mill, was hit with a tree. I think I'd tell you the rest of the story. When he was released from the hospital, he spent two years in the Alton Mental Hospital for the mentally ill and challenged. He never regained a mentality above an eight-year-old. When he came home, the roles radically reversed. I became the caretaker and the teacher. In a sense, I became his father, reminding him of all the things that he taught me when I was growing up growing up at the time I was 12 years old I told him about all the times he taught me to hunt all the times he taught me to drive and we talked and we talked and we talked but he never ever ever could come back to the memories that he had before except for this we lived on The north side of East St. Louis. The church that we grew up on was in the south side of East St. Louis. About 10 miles. My father got up every single morning and walked every single Sunday morning. And walked those 10 miles to church somehow he couldn't remember my name he couldn't remember my mother's name he couldn't remember none of my sister's name but he remembered the route to get to church and he didn't want anyone to drive him he didn't feel comfortable in a car he walked every single Sunday and then my children and my sister's children when they got to be the age where they would go to go to school my father took every one of them by the hand every single day and he walked them to school he sold cans and bottles and whatever else he could sell so that he could put a nickel or a dime in their hands so that they could buy something at school my 50 year old son today attributes him being a pastor, not to me, but to his granddaddy, who by example, showed him what it meant to be a Christian, even if he couldn't remember his name. When my father died, my sisters thought that I should have his Bible. It wasn't anything special, just Big old King James Bible. But every other page has something underlying that could remind him that he belonged to God. Brothers and sisters, we are just ordinary human beings. Nothing special about us. Except for God has uniquely designed every one of us with something, with the ability to be with people, with the ability to pray for people, with the ability to sit with people who are going through things, with the ability to sweep, with the ability to cut grass, with the ability to paint, with the ability to do things, that if we do them all together, We change the world by not what we say, by what we do. Being a Christian is about being somebody. Live in a lifestyle where people can see in you the love of God thundering through you. And it is nothing like being operating in the service that God gave to you and the gifts that God gave to you. There's nothing like operating in that spirit that will make you feel so worthy that people will see you in a whole different light. We don't need to be great. just need to be willing we don't need to be great we just need to be able to surrender all we don't need to be great we simply need to understand that we were created for service created to serve other people we don't need to be great We just need to lay down our defense mechanisms, lay down the things that keep people from being who God wanted them to be, and open our hearts to what God, God wants to achieve through us ordinary people who do extraordinary things let's pray God I thank you for all these people who are represented here today all these your children whom you have gifted all these your children who sit here and realize there is no retirement from service in the kingdom that every day of our lives is another opportunity to be in service for you I thank you that they have chosen this place to work together with you to achieve extraordinary things in a world that needs to know that you are a loving, gracious, forgiving God. In the name of the one that we now can call brother who is our Lord and our Savior, Jesus the Christ, I pray. Amen.